Good morning. Good morning, Jew. How are you? And what the hell are you drinking today? Banana shake. Banana shake. Creative. I drink the same thing every goddamn show. What is that? Coffee? Water. I'm Heather Gold in Oakland, California. Nice, nice segue. I'm Katie Halper in New York City. Where we yeah, drink shakes. And Dunkin' Donuts things a oh, lot. Oh, I noticed. hello. From yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> still, <laughs> still hasn't made it to the garbage. It's on its way. It's the recycling. A morning Jew, we look at the headlines, we ask you, is it good for the Jews? This Jew was named Weinberg originally. His father ran some bingo parlors. That doesn't sound very classy, does it? Just bingo it parlors. very Jewish. Because of uh, prejudice and life being difficult for their parents, they changed their name. The original Jewish plastic surgery. So he, while he was born Weinberg, uh, they changed their name to, um, to Win. W... Y-N-N, win. And uh, even though he, he got a college education, he studied the famously useful English literature and cultural anthropology. Uh, but when his father died young and he left a bunch of uh, gambling debts, Steve Wynn took over the bingo parlors, made a huge success of it, moved out to Las Vegas, took over the Golden Nugget, and is one of the biggest casino operators we know, most famous for the Bellagio and his incredible collection of fine art, including the most expensive painting of all time, Rev, this Picasso portrait, which is my favorite nugget about his life, that he was showing it off to his classy guests, Nora Ephron and her husband and Barbara Walters. And while he's showing them and trying to have a New York moment, Steve Wynn's like, look at my most expensive painting ever made. It puts his elbow through the painting. I had no idea. What this is a metaphor. That is so nouveau riche. How nouveau riche is that? You don't know what's, how to handle your expensive art. I got a Picasso right here. You want to see it? Let me put it. <laughs> Boom! Put my head through it. And he, of course, made the headlines recently because he got into a fight with George Clooney. In case you're not already in love with George Clooney, uh, sigh. He gets into a fight with Steve Wynn because Steve Wynn says about our president, I voted for the asshole. And George Clooney got really mad and they had a fight, a political fight. You mentioned that it was their first, you know, the original plastic surgery, which is true. It's called name change. Uh, but he also had clearly had plastic surgery, if you've seen his punim. Well, it's Very it's bad. often, if you start with the name change, Gateway. it's a good follow change. Yeah, yeah, it happens. It, it can happen. It's dangerous. Dahlia! Hello! We are thrilled. Look at our fabulous guest, Dahlia Lithwick. Dahlia, thank you for Hi. being here. Not Thank only you for you're having here, you're here right after the Jewiest, or we can say <laughs> unJewiest, Supreme Court opinion. The case starts in a little town in upstate New York, right outside of Rochester. It's called the town of Greece, a small town, less than 100,000 people. And in 1999, they start having um, an invocation or a blessing before each of their town council meetings. A quote-unquote pastor of the month. Some chaplain who is chosen by the town is going to lead every month before every session. Like being employee right. of the month or, you know, for God. donut of the for month God's or boss. something. Right, right. The best worker at Starbucks. So so exactly. the town puts together a list of uh, local chaplains. And the, the, the town uh, person who's tasked with doing this looks at the Chamber of Commerce book of local religions. And she makes a little list. And it happens to be all Christian groups. So from 1999 until 2007, every single prayer is led by a Christian chaplain of the month. Everyone. 
And two thirds of those are directly invoking, you know, Jesus Christ, our Savior, uh, our Lord. Yeah, but like yeah, 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 all of them are Christian. I do. It should be noted. <laughs> and I should add, this is a little bit important. These town meetings are where you go if you want to contest a zoning decision, you want to move a stoplight, you're being honored in some way. So these are not meetings where you're just like a neutral spectator. You're a participant to the extent that you're going there to get something done. So, you know, an atheist and a Jew walk into a, a meeting and they, they do. say... As they do. Always and, uh, together. Always. And then always, there's a rabbi and then there's a bartender. Always. Yeah. Always. always. Uh, these two uh, religious dissenters say, hey, these are weirdly Christian all the time. And uh, the town says, you're right. Uh, so they invite one Jewish, one Wiccan, I think a Buddhist uh, chaplain of the month. And then they go back to their old all Christian all the time policy. It's like you buy the lifesaver pack. They're like, we need something besides mints. Give us one like a right. cherry and then exactly. it'll be, like, so be like 20 mints, then one cherry That's and it. 20 more mints. Right. So, so this is okay. the appeals court that includes New York says, you know what, this is just ridiculously pervasively Christian all the time. This violates the establishment clause of the First Amendment that says that, you know, you can't have the state establishing uh, a religion, or certainly, I think we all agree, the state has to be neutral as among religions. Right. And this case goes to the Supreme Court. So 5-4, the Supreme Court, uh, five being uh, the conservative members and four being the liberal members, hand down this decision. The case is called Town of Greece versus Galloway. And they hand down a decision saying, you know what, this prayer policy is okay because it was kind of an accident that they went for... 10 years without ever having anyone but a Christian. It was kind of a clerical error. It wasn't intentional. And look, if you object to this, you can just leave. Or no harm, no foul. So the court basically says, look, there's a long tradition going back to the founding that says that you can have prayer before legislative sessions. And we have a chaplain in the Senate. We have a chaplain in the House. We have a prayer before every Supreme Court session. You know, this is fine. The framers were fine with it. So let's just be fine with it. Basically, prayer unifies us and elevates us. And, you know, why can't we all just kind of... along under one guy. So it's a very weird decision. And Elena Kagan and two other Jews and Sonia Sotomayor. She is an honorary uh, Jew because she's a Puerto Rican New Yorker. And Elena Kagan basically writes this pretty scorching dissent saying... Oh my God! Don't you people <laughs> and I realize? Mean, oh my G dash D. Right. Oh my Yahweh. Oh my Yahweh. In, including uh, chunks of the Vayahafta, but re- more or less saying, "Have you never ever been a religious dissenter in your life, you people? Like, do you have right. any idea what it is to go into a meeting where you have business with this legislative body, you want to get something done, and before that happens, you either bow, bow your head and pray to some god that is not your god, or you get up and leave? Right. Isn't it, it's always a bad sign when, you, when your response to something is, and if you don't like it, you can just leave. That's like always right. a bad sign. That's got to be a legal rule. And what's Thomas? He's Catholics, three Jews. Thomas is Catholic, too? So basically, the Supreme Whoa, Court is like stand-up comedy. Like the Protestants are out. Yeah, the Protestants are out. Protestants, this like is the first time that there hasn't been when Stevens left. When John Paul Stevens left the court, it's the first time that there wasn't a Protestant and, on the court. And now the court is always late. They're never on time. <laughs> now that we have all the Catholics and Jews running the schedule, I wonder how many of them have been in rooms where they're in the religious minority. Well, you know, I'm so glad you asked that because I think one of the things that is fascinating about this case is that. The five 
Catholics in the majority who, if you look at the list of, of official chaplains right. in the House, for instance, not a lot of Catholics. I, <laughs> I always thought of Catholics as being like the Jews of the Christians. Exactly. Right. Like they're Kennedy, right? And right. nobody, you know, so it's so interesting that they align themselves, uh, you know, with the sort of larger whatever Christian majority is in this case, even though I think there's this tradition of you all didn't fare very well when we put religion to a vote in this country. Uh, and I think it probably, you know, I haven't completely thought through what it signals, but I think it does signal, uh, you know, the fact that, that Catholics in America have become very, very powerful um, in a lot of different contexts. And this isn't JFK's uh, America. You know, it's no longer the case that this precludes you from accessing, you know, the highest uh, levers of power. Right. And I think that at least, uh, you know, as Catholics, Whatever that means, there's this amazingly interesting strand in Justice Kennedy's plurality opinion where he more or less says, you know, traditional religions, whatever that means, you know, high decorous, long-standing religions, those are all okay, you know, and it really does raise the question of what happens to the Wiccans and the Druids. And the and Mormons the, who want to Yeah, run. what about the Mormons? They actually have a state already. Yeah, no, it's very interesting that I think one of the lines that gets drawn here is between, like, you know, the the, the, the good religions, right. the normal religions, and the yeah. bad ones. And um, it's probably not an accident that, you know, within hours of the court deciding this case, there's a legislator uh, in Roanoke, Virginia, here where I live, who immediately announced that not only were they reinstating their all-Christian prayer um, policy, but that Jews and Buddhists and Muslims are not in, allowed. I like because that, I think, though. That's direct. You yeah, know it's I mean? very I direct. Appreciate it. Um, so maybe this could be a wake-up call to Jews who have also had their own whitening experience, kind of reminding them that we're not, you know, uh, top dog. <laughs> it, it's interesting. It's so interesting, Katie, because one of the things I just thought about as I was rereading the opinions today was no longer is the rhetoric of like this is a Judeo-Christian right. country. I want right. to know, you know, do they drop Judeo-Christian right. in there? Because that phrase has always been my favorite thing that Christians, I mean, they usually mean Judeo as in I read what I call right. the Old Testament. They don't really right. mean Judeo as in anything in your life. Right. right. No, I mean it. I think Especially because they never have any doubt or ambivalence about it, which couldn't be less Judeo. Right. Well, that's why I love this guy in, in Roanoke, because he's like, oh, let me just be clear. The right. Jews are out. out <laughs> you yeah. know, like, in case in yeah. case that was, you know, in, in any way ambiguous, in honesty, what Kennedy and the majority are afraid of is, how the heck are we going to police this, right? Are we going to, like, vet the prayer before? Are we going to vet the prayer after? Are we going to find people? The if problem they, with so every religious everything. I'm going to get all law school nerdy. How is that a new problem about dealing with establishment clause or any religion? Because you can't really inquire the sincerity of faith. You never could know what the hell someone feels inside. That's not, it doesn't seem to be a new problem with jurisprudence. It seems to be the oldest problem. Jewish prudence. Or Jewish, that would be nice to have some Jewish prudence. Um, no, you're right. I think you're right, Heather. And I think, what do I think? I think that these cases suck in the same way that <laughs> <laughs> crash cases suck, which is, you know, throw, the a, throw a menorah right. in the crash, throw a teddy bear in there and put antlers on it. Yeah. And it's, you know, now it's ecumenical. Like these cases are awful because you have like, Sandra Yoke, the big you know, looking through the, looking through the crash, like, okay, right. is there a dwarf tech? There's a right. dwarf, you know, like, this is yeah. not. Is there a copy of Linux? We need some open source software. Maybe this will be good because it'll, 
it'll convince Bill O'Reilly that the whole war on Christmas isn't as big of a thing as he thinks it is. You think it'll give him you any know, comfort? Oh, God, no. no this um, is just... I think this... Go, Heather. <laughs> they, 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 if you're paranoid, th- use right. your Jewish paranoia yeah, right. and apply savvy. it backwards. And right. think about how they're like wanting to be as paranoid as Jews have been. Their goal is to feel as oppressed as we ever right. really were. Right, it's true. And then <laughs> take your great grandparents and quadruple it and add to that the power to say anything you want and make everyone right, listen right. to you. So that's that, my take on privilege, right? No, and, and even more, I would say, do you know what the court greenlighted? They, they greenlighted. No, People behaving badly. Like what they said is like all the Wiccans and the Druids and the Jews, you should get up and walk out. Right. And let me tell you what's going to happen when all the Wiccans and the Druids and the Jews either get up and walk out or file lawsuits. They're going to go crazy. So this is, I think this really kind of adds to the narrative that, you know, a bunch of rabble rousers are screwing it up for all of us. Now we just have a clear line about who the rabble rousers are. So that's kind of what's interesting, and I, I feel like we don't know. We have no way of knowing what Town of Greece is going to do oh, but um, going forward. But Maybe it'll be like Spain. All the Jews and Muslims will leave, and I'll go to crack. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a worry. I mean, it's a real worry, because I think that the idea that some religions are more mainstream or traditional right. than others feels not so American to me. In a weird way, it's almost like the affirmative action thing, because it's kind of an accepting of the status quo. And kind of washing your hands of it? It's the court saying that X that you think is a problem is not a problem. Right. The problem is the reverse of the problem. So it's exactly like affirmative action or voting rights in right. that the court upends the, the complaint and says, oh, no, it was never a problem that minorities had to sit through, you know, coercive legislative sessions. The problem is that pastors are not free to right. full-throatedly embrace religion. And it's kind of, what? Well, because don't you think that everybody there has this mindset of how hard done by they are? That seems to be the universal mindset. So, like, I can't full-throatedly say I love this thing. I'm so oppressed. I need to let that person. Do you think that the majority in the court gets what it's like for the Jews? I mean, they're hanging out with Jews every day. (laughs) So do does. So do my or does. I, I don't know if they, I mean, it seems to me from reading this opinion that there is an extraordinary amount of empathy for, you know, the the chaplain of the month who right. simply wants to pray and quite limited empathy for the poor non-believer, including the Wiccan and the Druid, right. who are sitting there saying, oh, my God, I just want a petition for a stoplight. <laughs> right. I have to pray. Uh, and that doesn't seem to register. What, so if I were Wiccan, I would like walk, I would go and while they were praying, I would just do my own prayer that would involve like a really loud drum <laughs> Oh, I would light a fire and stuff. Yeah, and then, like I'm expressing my religion. I need a sweat lodge here yeah. in the court. In fact, exactly. what about all the First Nations people whose country it really is yeah. who were there in the first place? How about like we need to let's let's build something here? Okay, so peyote, I, peyote. Coming yeah, to the so my the or, that's or, that whole case. The whole the case. or as K- Kagan says, imagine these were all Muslims. Yeah, that's, okay. go- that's oh. a great way. If you want to <laughs> look at that, if you want to like short circuit everything and just get to the reflexes of these people, like yeah. you know the Roberts, Alito, all of them, just say imagine Muslim. You don't have to make an intellectual argument, but they're like, well, it's not Muslim, so we don't care. So, well, and that's you can do that. Run Hobby Lobby through the same one. You know, imagine the Muslim right. employer. Right. Dahlia, I know you also grew up in Canada, as I did. Now, I'm curious, did you, 
like I did, have to listen to the Lord's Prayer and Bible readings every day in your public high school, which I did in grade school. No, I did not. I did not. Did you go? Were you in a Catholic? I was in a public high school where we had Bible readings every morning, all the way from grade two, because I was in a small town where I was one of the shtetl of very few Jews, and it was like every day was a kind of. Oh, this is, and so I never, I felt really Jewish mostly because I was having to listen to Christian time every morning and I didn't understand it. Were you in the city? I didn't. I was in Ottawa. I was in Ottawa and I was in uh, a regular public high school, but I don't, I don't remember in any way uh, having to listen to to prayer or to Bible readings or any of that. That, that. We did a lot of church field trips, a lot, a lot of where they were like, I imagine we're all good Christians here. And I'd be like. I'm not, you know, like I, ha- I had like, yeah, that was sort of You're formative like, well, in my I'm life. Well, I'm kind of part of the same, the same clan that the best Christian on earth is from. You may know him as <laughs> Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. You're welcome. There's your, there's your prayer. When exactly. you lead the prayers in the town of Greece. All right. So Talia, good for the Jews or bad for the Jews? Town of Greece. And uh, I, I, this is not good for the Jews. I don't think. All right. Can we do? You, do you mind weighing in some of the other important mo- news stories of our day? Do you want to be a judge okay. for it's a five speed, minutes? It's a speed round. So speed judging. Ready? Okay. okay. Monica Lewinsky opens her mouth. Not in the Bad way you the think. Bad for the <laughs> Bad for okay. The Jews. Easy peasy. Keep going. Okay. Tennessee lawmaker said. Democrats bragging about the numbers of mandatory signups for Obamacare is like Germans bragging about the number yeah. of mandatory signups for the train rides for Jews in the 1940s. Bad for all of humanity, including the Jews. For every sentient thinking person ever. Principal Schmutz, my favorite story of the week. I don't know it. Her name is Annie Schmutz Cephala. Principal Schmutz uh, had an affair. She's openly the girlfriend of a parent of a student of her school. And after they broke up or he found out she was uh, sleeping with someone else, it came out that she'd slept with an assistant principal and also other people related to this school and also it had sex in the school. And And yeah, the guard at the school. uh, And then there's some photos also, some nice webcam imagery of her in uh, Queens. (laughs) In Queens. So, you know, she's in charge and she even loaned this guy money. This guy, this 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 is his... This is his breakup revenge on her. When she was doing him, it was the kind of Jewish lady he liked. When she's not just doing him, it's a, it's a problem. Exactly. So, good or bad for the Jews? Also, it's bad for the Jews week, okay? Bad for for, for Dolly Lithwick. Oh, Rob Ford after crack How video number two. Audio tape of drunk ranting about female politicians and story about him doing coke at a club that Justin Bieber was at. He's but he's entering rehab. Entering rehab. He's taking a break and he's doing rehab, yeah. Break from re-election campaign. What do you think? Uh, I, this is not bad for the Jews. Not so bad for the good Jews. for the Jews. Yeah. Uh, I would I would put it as I would rank it with the Tennessee guy. Good for humanity that Rob right. Ford is at universalist, <laughs> and the universalist, of course, is very Jewish. And then the J Street. Uh, yes, Lithwick. It is really just a pleasure so to see you. Yeah, yes. and so lovely of you to come and talk to us right in the heart of the moment of Town of Greece opinion, which I can't imagine will come up again. So my only hope is, I don't know, Katie, I'm going to go with potentially in our weird logic, almost good for the Jews, only in that I haven't read the opinion. I'm hoping there's like more than one Yiddish word in it and somehow it's going to like you educate. You know why it's good for the Jews? Because we, we have Dahlia. We have Dahlia as, as a, a guest. That's enough. We have one drop. It's like good for the standard. Thank you so much for coming on. We really thank you for having me. Dahlia Lithwick calling in from Virginia, the least Jewish place. (laughs) Take care.
Bye. Goodbye. Okay, Katie, I have to boogie. Okay. Remind me, you have to go, but remind me to tell you the Ari, Melbourne, Nate Silver, and... Um, okay. Who's the Jew the Republican Jewish guy who... Well, Melman? Like, Ken no, Melman? No, the Republic from Pennsylvania. Who, you I never, don't know. He's going to be my next I Can't Believe They're Jewish. Mm -hmm.